You're listening to Trinity Fremont's Sermon Podcast, where you can hear God's Word preached each and every week. Our purpose at Trinity is to raise up Christ's followers in our families and in our communities. We pray that as you listen to this week's sermon, you'll be encouraged and equipped to live out your faith in all that you do. Peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. So obviously it's Trinity Sunday, right? Is that clear by now? So we get to celebrate. We get to celebrate our namesake at Trinity today. That's pretty neat. Where do we even start when it comes to the Trinity? The doctrine of the Trinity is foundational. It is the foundation of our faith. But because it's foundational ever since the beginning of the Christian faith, of the church, and that's you and that's me, the saints of all believers, we're the church. Well, the Trinity has been under attack. It's been under attack for centuries, for actually millenniums by heretics, and they attacked the Trinity first, because if they could break the Trinity, they could break Christ. So there's been many, many attempts to disprove God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit being one God. So that's why the creeds were written in the first place. They were written for this very reason, to counter the heresies surrounding early Christianity. The main heresy in the third and fourth centuries was called Arianism. An influential heresy in the third and fourth centuries that denied the divinity of Christ. That's where they really attacked. As a result of these heresies, well, the Nicene Creed came up or was uh, brought forward by a group of theologians in 325 AD and also with the help of a a theologian named Athanasius. And obviously we said the Athanasian Creed. So these heresies continued for at least a century before the Athanasian Creed came into being because Because they attacked the Trinity, the Athanasian Creed really focuses on the Trinity and trying to help us understand the Trinity. So it's called the Athanasian Creed, not because Athanasian wrote it, because he had so much influence on the other creeds. So today we focus on, obviously, the Trinity. And that's why we read the Athanasian Creed. Go ahead and look at your screen. The content of the Athanasian Creed. It stresses the affirmation of the Trinity in which all members of the Godhead are considered uncreated and co-eternal and of the same substance. In the affirmation of the Trinity, the dual nature of Christ is given central importance because that is what was attacked first and foremost. Jesus being truly God and truly man. As we found out today, confessing the Athanasian Creed takes a while. It wasn't so bad, was it? 
It is man's best attempt at something that is nearly impossible to understand the Trinity. So my daughter, Aubrey, um, she's not even here today. She's actually giving her first children's message today as an intern DCE in, in, at Calvary Lincoln. So she's probably done by now, and she's probably done sweating bullets. So um, last year, she was in a class and was called Instructional Technology, and, she, and her and her classmates needed to make a video presentation of something that they could help teach an elementary class someday, some aspect of our faith. And she chose the Trinity. Of all things, she, she picked the Trinity. So what I'd like to do this morning is I would like to show you that little video that she came up with. I had no idea what she was doing. She did it during the summer. She had a, it was a summer project. And she was cutting flowers and she was coloring things and, and cutting things out. And then she took hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pictures. So this is her simple attempt at explaining the Trinity. You have God the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. The Trinity can be quite confusing. Three equals one. What? Let's think of a house. There is the roof, there's the walls, and there's the floor. All of these different parts are the house, yet they are distinct from one another. For example, the roof doesn't do what the floor does, Let's break down these three parts. First, you have the Father. He created the world and gave up his Son to die for our sins. Then you have Jesus. He obeyed the Father and died on the cross, but he rose on the third day and defeated sin, death, and the devil. Then he went to heaven to be with God and to prepare a place for us. But he didn't leave us alone. He sent the Holy Spirit to live in our hearts. The Holy Spirit works faith in our hearts through the Bible and our baptism. God the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit were one God before creation through the Old Testament, New Testament, and now. We worship one God with three distinct parts. And one day, Jesus will return to restore creation so that all who believe and trust in our one God will live forever, worshiping the Trinity. Three equals one. God the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Three distinct roles. One God, the Trinity. So there we go. A simplified version of trying to understand the Trinity. So for those of you who have been here the last couple weeks, you know that we have been talking about the Trinity. I touched on it just a little bit in our announcements. And so uh, two weeks ago was Ascension Day, and we really focused in on the sun. The sun ascending, our risen Savior, Jesus, God's Son, ascending to be at his right hand. And we talked a little bit about what that meant. And that Jesus is not just sitting up there twiddling his thumbs. When you sit at the right hand of God the Father, it, it, it symbolizes, it, it equals something very, very powerful. And God has given him so much authority. But what God has really given Jesus is his ability to bring us grace. And as Lutherans, we believe that there are ways that we receive grace 
Three for sure and one's a little bit iffy, but I'm going to use all four, okay? So if you remember right, two weeks ago we talked about how we received grace, Jesus, we received Jesus' grace, his active grace through the word. We receive it through our holy sacraments, baptism, and we receive it through holy communion. When we receive his own body and his blood, and we receive it through confession and absolution. In this week's gospel lesson, which you didn't hear, but six and eight heard, it's the Great Commission. And so in the Great Commission, Jesus tells his disciples about this authority that God the Father has given him. I want to read 28, 18 to you. Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Well, that's a lot of authority. All authority. Think about that. But then there is this power, this, this power of the, of the Son. But that's not the only power of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit is plenty powerful himself, right? And that's what we celebrated last week at Pentecost. When God sent his spirit to the apostles. How we have been called to live new lives in Christ through the Holy Spirit. How important it is for us to be plugged in to this power source, which is his word. How he daily and richly sanctifies us and keeps us holy helps us not be, not be, I heard it, normal. Do you remember that? We got the slides rolling back there. Oh, there's the plug-in. There's not normal. Okay. If Christ is in our hearts, we will not be normal. We will stand out from the rest of the world. Which brings us to today. Did you see which person of the Trinity that Aubrey talked about first? Who was it? The Father. Yes, the Father. Our faith starts with creation. Starts with creation. What a backdrop to talk about God the Father this morning. It is what Christians have confessed since the fourth century. Both the Apostles' Creed and the Nicene Creed starts with God the Father Almighty being creator. Take a peek at the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And in the Nicene Creed, I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in all things visible and in invisible. So was this just a one-man show? What about the Spirit? What about the Son? Were they present at creation? Oh, yes, they were. Take a look at Genesis 1, verse 2. The earth was, was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. The Holy Spirit actively participated in creation, as did the Son. Oh, he was there too. The word of God spoken 
powerfully at creation. John 1, 1 to 3, you know this, right? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was, he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. What a team, right? Three persons working together to create a perfect world, a paradise on earth, and then it was broken. And then sin entered the world. Paul reminds us the result of this sin that happened, that came because of sin. Paul tells us in Romans chapter 5, sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin. And so death spread to all men because all sinned. So ever since Adam and Eve, human beings have rebelled against God. We are broken people living in a broken world. A world contaminated by evil. When sin and death entered the world, God the Father Almighty, he had a choice, didn't he? He easily could have said, I'm done with this. I'm starting over. Or he could have put a salvation plan in place. A salvation plan that was part of his son coming into this world, suffering and dying for us. So how much does God the Father love us? Well, let's let the word tell us this morning. John 3, 16 to 17, you know this one. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. That's a lot of love. And how about 1 John 3, verse 1? I love this verse. I was just telling my sister about this last night. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that we are. We're children of God. Lavished. I love that word the bestowing of something in generous or extravagant quantities. There will never be anything more amazing than the love that God the Father has lavished on us with generous and extravagant quantities. He bestows that on us. He gives that to us. We haven't earned it, but he gives it to us. The love of the Father is not hard to see. You see, we are children of God because of God's mercy and because of God's grace. Yes, God the Father, Father Almighty is creator, but to know the Father is to know the Son. To know the Father is to know the Son. The writer of, of Hebrews says this clearly in chapter 1. He, Jesus, God's Son is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. 
God has revealed himself in his son. Through his son, we see behind creation and into an eternal and essential identity of God. Through the son, we see God, a God we never could have imagined, a God who is father. If our thoughts about God are based on something other than the son, we will have to assume that God has none of the loveliness that we see in Christ, but in the Son of God. We do not see a haughty God, reluctant to be kind. We see a God who came into this world with saving grace while we were yet sinners. We see a God overflowing with goodness and love, a love so deep for us that he would send his only son to suffer and to die a most horrible death to be the perfect and final sacrifice. It makes me or it reminds me of a song we know, How Deep the Father's Love for Us. Most of us know that. Its words are perfect for today as we have focused on the Father, as we have focused on the love of the Father. So I want you to join me as we're only going to sing the first verse together, but really zone in on those words. It's all about God's love, praising God the Father for his love as he has revealed his love to us through his Son, through his Son, Jesus Christ. Join me. How deep the Father's love for us, how vast beyond all measure, that he should give his only Son to make a wretch his treasure. How great the pain of searing loss. The Father turns his face away as wounds which mar the chosen one. Bring many sons to glory. Bring many sons to glory. You are God's sons, and you are God's daughters. You are children of God through God's love that he revealed in his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus the Christ, who will return again. He will return on the last day, and he will make all things new. You too will be glorified, made new again because of the love of the Father who loves you so much that he came through for you. He came through for you so you can be a part of God's family forever and ever. Amen? Amen. Amen.